in the morning when you need the news that matters most. They can kiss my f***ing ass right downtown and print it. You need the front page. All these mother editorials. On the press box. They're really, really behind you around here. My f***ing ass. With Graney and Bischoff. Rip them mother Rip them fucking suckers like the f***ing players. Dierica Hamby will miss two to four weeks. The Aces forward has a bone contusion in her knee. So for looking at timelines, there's only two games left in the regular season. Uh, the second round of the postseason, which is the semis, by the way, uh, would start on August 28th. That is exactly or that is uh, more than two weeks away from yesterday when they announced that she would be out two to four weeks. So if Hamby comes back in exactly two weeks, then she would be ready to go for the semis of the WNBA playoffs. If she came back in four weeks, she would be back in time for the WNBA finals and actually potentially for the very end of the semis if that series were to go the distance. So if the Aces keep winning, there's a good chance we see De'Arica Hamby back this year at some point in the postseason if that two to four week timeline holds up. They had a tweet yesterday. Someone had a tweet, raise your hand if you're Derek Hamby and you're okay, and she raised her hand. So I thought at that point she wasn't going to miss anything. Right, that's, I saw that, that tweet like too. Afternoon. I'm like, all right, well, they've they've MRI'd her, whatever they had to do to her, and she's fine. Yeah, I was like, oh, she'll be back. Yeah. So that two to four weeks timeline when you get to the postseason means quite a bit, right? If this was May or whatever, you'd be like, all right, whatever, just stay out the four weeks right. and come back whenever you're ready to go. But I, I am curious to see... You know, assuming they win their first round matchup, which they'll be playing the seven or the eight seed, they should should win that mm. first round matchup. Then they'll be in the semis, and that'll be in that two to four week timeline of when she could return. I'm curious how much do they sort of push? Hey, you're ninety percent, but we need you back, or hey, you're eighty percent, but we need you back. Versus, hey, you just take it easy, take your time, and come back when you come back. You're a hundred percent. So. Curious to see. I think a lot of it will have to do with how Kia Stokes has been the one that's replaced her in the starting lineup, how Kia Stokes and then the other two or three players they'll use off the bench actually play. Because if they get through the first round and they have like zero bench scoring or something like that, they might be pushing a little harder to get the air. How Hamby much, back how tougher is it to win without her? First round shouldn't win be it. that no, big of an no, issue. Win it. It's... Still, it's tough. Still about matchups. Yeah. Who are they playing? Right. It's still going to be, yeah, about the matchups. The interesting part is that they go Kia Stokes, who is like more of a true center, which pushes Asia Wilson to the four. Right. Whereas if De'Erica Hamby's in there, Wilson's the five and Hamby's the four. So it's a little bit of change there. Obviously, they can play somebody else and play a little smaller if they need to. Um, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who they match up with and if like they need Kia Stokes size inside or if they need to play a little bit smaller because whatever Elena Deladon or Brianna Stewart's just torching them from the outside which we've seen in the postseason mm -hmm. it's been a big reason why they haven't won a title yet step back one legged what kind of shot is that have you ever shot that shot do you work on that shot Deshaun Watson will start the preseason opener for the Browns they are playing the Jacksonville Jags who by the way they're going to play Trevor Lawrence in this game so Deshaun Watson right now was given a six-game suspension. Uh. That is expected to be increased with the NFL's appeal process. Suspended players can still play in the preseason. However, there is a chance the NFL could speed up its appeal process and include preseason games in whatever punishment 
they right, hand out. Right. If you're the NFL, are you speeding up your process to try to get Deshaun Watson suspended? Well, I might for as well because I've already set up the I've already set up the arbitrator <laughs> who's my best friend, and I'm wink winking. Yeah, come on, I need the I mean need the decision now. By the way, have they given any kind of timeline for this guy to know make the decision? We all know he's going to make anyway. I do not believe so. I have not seen. So he's going to make it look have. good. Yes, he's going to make it look good. And like wait a month or he's going right to take his time. The season he's going to be like, oh, this was a tough yeah, decision. This was, that was a hard one. Yeah, uh, Roger didn't tell me what to do. Full right. season, right? Full season. So, Roger wouldn't text me back. I was just like, dude, what do you want? <laughs> uh, so the curious part here, I think, for the NFL is that if Watson was only suspended for six games, he probably he probably plays in the preseason mm-hmm. because. Ultimately, if you're going to allow him to play in week seven or whatever that would be at that time point, what's it matter if he plays in a preseason game? But if the NFL's goal is to suspend him for the entire year, I think that's the NFL saying we don't want to hear from this guy for at least another 12 months. And if that's the NFL's goal, they don't they shouldn't even want him starting in a preseason game, because even though it's preseason, it's still going to get the headlines of, hey, look, there's oh, Deshaun be, Watson playing in a Browns jersey. It'll be a huge, it'll right. be a huge story. So I takes the field. I wouldn't be terribly shocked if they do speed this up and bring that suspension in before, before this guy this starts game. this game. Yeah, I if their goal is to make sure this guy doesn't play, I think you you do that if you're the NFL. You speed it up and you say, nope, you're done for the entire year. The appeal process is done. See you next August. Oh, uh, you know I can't tell you that. All right, FIFA is moving the start date of the World Cup. From only up one day from November 21st to November 20th. Um, the reasoning is that Qatar, who's hosting it, wants to play the first game of the World Cup. The original schedule had Qatar playing on the first day, but the third game of the day. Now, Qatar is going to play one day earlier, and they'll be the only game of the day. I have no problem with that reasoning. Man. My only problem is that's like how every World Cup has been done in my lifetime. Why wasn't this the original schedule? Why did it take them until August, like three months before this thing starts, to realize, oh, Qatar wants to play by the, the first the, game? The host nation always plays the first game. Yeah. It's like, which it's it been should, like that as long as I can remember. Yeah, which it should. And for some reason, their original schedule did not have that happening. And I don't really understand why it took until early August, right before the World Cup starts, to say, huh, what if we just change the entire schedule and start one day earlier? Likes putting BYU in a Friday Sunday regional. Right. It's like, do you know they're not playing on Sunday? It's like this is this is planning that we we should have known. Like we should have been taken right. care of to start, not three months in advance. Oh, we should change this around because now, I mean, it only really affects one game. Yeah. But it's the official start of the World Cup. Like there's gonna be it's the whole thing. Like there's gonna be an entire like ceremony and stuff. And now everything's got to be moved up a day. That's a nightmare. Daddy had a breakaway. The Tigers fired their general manager, Al Avila. The Tigers are in last place in the AL Central. He, uh, by the way, became the GM in 2015. They have not been to the postseason. They have one winning season since he has been the general manager. Did you see the owner? So two interesting things. First off, A.J. Hinch, who's the manager, said that he was going to have a role in hiring the next general manager, which I thought was a little, I thought that was weird. I thought it was going to be, oh, that guy probably gets fired, that too. Get, that guy gets bounced. And then their owner slash president, whatever his official title is, got asked about selling players like 
Justin Verlander. Verlander. Right. And he came out. His quote was, well, I didn't trade those yeah. players, right? The GM did. That was awesome. He, he completely he completely threw Abel under the bench. Can you imagine, like in the next year or two, McPhee and McCrimmon getting fired and somebody asking Bill Foley about all trading for Eichel and Leonard and like, Stone? I didn't do that. Those, yeah. two, those like, two guys did. Well, I didn't do any of that. Trading I away Flurry. It'd be like, dude, you're the owner. If you didn't like it, you could have stopped yeah. it. That was great yesterday. I saw that. I'm like, man, talk about beating a guy when he's down. First, you fire him. Then you blame him for everything. Like what? You When they sold Verlander, they didn't say, hey, hey, Jim, what do you think? We're selling Justin Verlander. You think this is a good idea? Yeah, he was scrolling Twitter and was like, whoa, we did what? Oh, no, even worse. He showed up to the he showed up to the ballpark and he was just like, it's a Verlander day. His kid was in a Verlander <laughs> yeah, jersey, yeah, exactly. like ready to go. His five-year-old. I like uh, seriously. Uh, Imagine the Raiders. Like, let's they go like three and something this year, right? And Mark Davis is like, "Well, I didn't sign Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. I didn't give Derek Carr a new contract." You'd be like, well, "Yeah, we know, but you're in charge around here. You could have said no." Yeah. It's incredible quotes. They go three and fourteen. Derek Carr won't have a contract. <laughs> I uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry, I just got. <laughs> All right. Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson is being sued for not showing up to a youth football camp. Oh, God. Sounds bad, but I, I think he might actually deserve somewhat of a break here. According to this lawsuit, 13 minutes before the start of this camp, Deontay Johnson's agent texted the people that were putting on the camp saying that he was not going to make it because his flight had been canceled the previous night. But they did say he would arrive later in the day. However, Johnson never arrived because Johnson left the airport and didn't get on a later flight. Is that a legitimate excuse to miss a youth football camp? I mean, the first one, yes. Yeah, I, the the canceled flight, yes. Uh, obviously, this was his camp, or he was just, just scheduled to be I think like it was a, somebody else's, and it was like, hey, Deontay Johnson will be coming. there. Because apparently, because the other part of it, the reason they're suing is they sold what? Hey, come to our football camp. Oh, it's, they probably put them on a poster. Right. It's like it was like the fee to be in is like 150 bucks, and you're gonna get you know a picture with Deontay Johnson, and he'll autograph something, right? So that was like part of the ticket that people paid for their kids to be a part of this camp, and then he didn't show up. I don't know if I would have waited around for the second flight. I don't think I would either. I wouldn't Especially, either. Especially, and here's the here's the one detail that I'm curious on: the second flight. Was he going to get to this camp in time? Right? Like, did he, like, the right. second flight, was it like, if oh. the camp's 10 to 1 and he's getting in there at 6 p.m. Right. Then, then, no. That's stupid. Then I wouldn't show up either. But if it was like, oh, the second flight will get you there and you'll just be 45 minutes late for the camp, all right, then you probably screwed him over. But right. if it was like, oh, the flight's landing after the camp ends, I'm not getting on a flight to go somewhere. The the That's one question. And then the other thing I'm curious about is, like, you're doing this whole football camp and you're like taking a red eye the night before to get there, like maybe plan a little bit better yeah. and get in a little bit earlier, earlier like the day like, before. Yeah, I have a little bit better schedule yeah. going on there. So that's the one part. But I do I do think it's a legitimate excuse, especially if that second flight was getting in yeah. the, after the camp was over. Does this feel needlessly litigious? Just literally just yeah, go. I don't think, I don't know how much merit this, this well, whole Well, I'm, I'm guessing mean, the parents of the kids that paid for their kid to be at this camp were very angry at the people that put on I the mean, camp because they were like, my kid was supposed to meet Deontay Johnson 
and he wasn't there. Okay. I want my money back. And the camp said, well, we're not giving you money back. We're going to sue well, yeah, Deontay they want, Yeah, they wanted, okay, they wanted and their see, funds All back. I'd do if I was him is go, hey, give me a list of the kids' contacts. I'll call each of them. Yeah. Or yeah. send, yeah. Or send yeah. them a yeah. shirt or something. Yeah. yeah like, I, we'll make it up to them somehow. It just seems weird that it would the, the first thing would be, let's sue him. Yeah, well, that's what you got to do, Jared. You got to sue everybody. Next question. Chris Sale's season is over. Red Sox pitcher broke his wrist in a bike accident. He was driving a bike, riding a bike, and crashed and broke his wrist. Uh, he threw all of 5.2 innings this season. Uh, so Chris Sale's season is done, and it's a bike accident. How uh, many innings has this guy who's so dominant when he's right pitched over the last three or four years? It's like It's like 42 or something since he signed his big contract. Like he's just he just hasn't pitched. Well, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> so he pitched forty-two and two-thirds last year, and five and two-thirds this year. So less than fifty innings pitched for Chris Sale in the last two seasons. Um, who, like you said, has been very good for the majority. Oh, when of he's right career. and he's healthy, he's dominant. So I mean, he'd have to be. We talked about this in the offseason with Fernando Tatis and the whole motorcycle thing. Red Sox now going to start telling their players, putting in their contracts. Get an Uber. Do not do not ride a bike I down the street. I thought that stuff was in most contracts. But, like, can you really put don't ride a bike down the street? Because that could be considered calisthenics. <laughs> because, <laughs> right? Like, the, Did I, I use the word calisthenics wrong? I have no idea. The I think it was the GM for the Red Sox who talked about it. He was like, yeah, he got done with a workout or something. Yes. And, and he, he got, got on, on his, his bike. bike to go get yes. lunch. And, like, can you really tell guys, hey, who, especially when you live in a big city, like you can't hop on your bike to go get lunch two blocks away. I that like the motorcycle thing seems pretty easy to say. Hey, dude, you can't get on a motorcycle. The bike thing though, like if especially in a big city, that seems like that might be a fairly common a, way to get around. A big one in those contracts are you can't play basketball. That's a that's a big one in those contracts. Injury inducing sport. Pick yeah. up basketball. Cal- going down. Biking is not calisthenics. Calisthenics okay. apparently involves like stretching. <laughs> All right. I have been wrong twice today. So if you want to hear more of Jared being wrong, head out to Tuscany Casinos for the Front Row Card Show on Saturday, August 13th. Jared will be there from 1 to 3. It'll be sports cards, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, anything else. You can get them graded. You can buy some, trade some, sell some. Also more than just sports. Uh, Jared, you showing up with Pokemon cards? Um, Pokemon, probably Magic the Gathering, and uh, maybe some comic books. All right. So go find Jared on Saturday from 1 to 3 at the Tuscany for the Front Row Card Show. Pujol swings and hits one high. Deep to left field. And it's a goner going back to back with Nolan Arenado. Home run number 687 for the future Hall of Famer. All of the sun, none of the fun on the Press Box Summer Edition. Oh, he's still hitting that guy. Yeah, well, nobody likes Albert Pujols. What are you talking about? Really? Just he's a great him. person. No, I don't like him. Salt of the earth, that guy. No, it doesn't matter. Still don't have to like him. Where does that come I from? I hate the Cardinals, and I like Albert Pujols. Yeah, just look up. He's hit more home runs against the Astros than anybody in the history of the sport. Oh, well, here we go. Okay. Here we go. You guys, you guys sucked for a ten-year period. I don't blame. I don't blame the other team for that. What are you talking about? You tanked. The Astros' first World Series was against was getting past Pujols in the postseason. Fair enough. Literally from his rookie year until 
He went to the Dodgers. They were in the same division. And the Astros changed divisions. This the guys hit like 600 career home runs. Approximately 300, 300 are against the Astros. Astros. I don't have to like the guy just because he's a nice person. Wow. Okay. Shohei Otani. <laughs> Listen, Speaking if the, of nice people. If the Angels were any good, I wouldn't, nice I wouldn't like him either. Uh, did you see Otani's quote last week where he said it's hard to stay motivated? Yeah. So it was through a translator. But he got asked about, you know, how hard is it to stay motivated when your team's not a playoff contender? And the Angels aren't remotely close to being playoff contenders either. And the quote through a translator was, remaining motivated in that way is hard. Now, his very next start, he uh, shut out the A's and hit a home run. So, <laughs> Otani, even while having, you imagine a, if he was motivated? having a hard how time being motivated, it's still very, very good. You, it's, it's so it's so irritating to have the guy just be like, "Do you understand how easy this is for yeah. me?" Yeah, <laughs> I have been. This is me half-assed. I, if you wanted to see me give whole ass, this is you're going to be scared. So the Angels have not been to the postseason since Otani has been uh, in Anaheim. They haven't remotely been close either. He has after this year one more season until he can enter free agency. Do you believe Otani will be leaving? I think he's going to leave. Angels? I think he's going to leave for that for that very right. reason. Now right. there's only pinstripes. There's only what four or five teams that would probably be in the market. What's he going to demand? Well, well, fifty for sure. So okay, this is the interesting part on like if if Otani were leave. to leave the Angels in free agency, why do I feel like a random team would be the one to sign him instead of the Dodgers or Yankees? Right. Because, like, the Yankees might not pay Aaron Judge. Adam Candy has been on the show, is convinced Aaron Judge is, is leaving the Yankees this year because the, <laughs> the Yankees aren't going to pay him what he wants. He's, it's, it is fun when Adam Candy's just like, yeah, he's gone. He's a fifth-year senior. <laughs> That's what he called him, yeah. If the Padres lock up Juan Soto, I can't imagine them then spending more money on Otani. It would be hilarious no, if still they got did. Tatis and Machado. Right. It would be hilarious if they did, but I just can't imagine if they right. locked up Juan Soto. So, like big money spending teams, the Angels actually are one of them, sure. by the way. Sure. But that sort of leaves the Dodgers, and absolutely, he could end up with the Dodgers. He wanted when he came over, he wanted to be on the West Coast, closer to Japan, mm -hmm. and the Dodgers obviously fit that mold, and they're a team that could spend. I think the Dodgers right now, if you said where will Otani play next. The Dodgers would be the favorites of the teams to land him. But I just get a feel like we we see it on a semi-regular basis, right? Some of the big name free agents, Chris Bryant signed with the Rockies. Carlos Correa signed with the Twins, right? Like we see random teams every now and then will be like, yeah, we should spend some money on this one random player. What about Otani to the Giants? Yeah. I mean, they're in California too. That I could happen. I just, for whatever reason, I just get the sense that like, some random team is going to be like, you know, we might not win with Otani, but we're going to make a lot of money and give him so much, a bigger, a huge offer that he just can't say, can't no, say to. no to it. But that's the interesting part. How important is it to, for him to win? Like if he got, because that's the other question on this. How much money is he going to get? Like, is he going to get paid like he is a top 10 hitter and a top 10 pitcher in the American League? Because if he does, that's $60 million, right? I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about. Right. Or our team owner's going to be cheap and say, well, sure, you do both, but you're still one player, so here's 
$35 million a year, right? So I'd be curious to see, like, who's a random team in middle America? The Royals. If the Royals decided they don't spend money. (laughs) Just use them as an example. I'll I'll go back to the Twins because Correa might leave. If the Twins were just like, you know what? Here's $70 million, Shohei Otani. And his best other offer was like the Dodgers and Giants were like, well, we'll do 38. Would he look at it and say, if I go to the Dodgers. Well, that's a huge difference. Right. If I go to the Dodgers, I'm going to I'm gonna be on a team that win. I'm going to play in a postseason game, right. right? Or I make just an unbelievable amount of money, go to the Twins, where maybe they're in the division hunt. Maybe we play in the postseason, but it could also be the Angels again, where we never make the postseason. I wonder how important that would be and how overwhelming the dollar amount would have to be for him to say no to a really good team to go to a maybe good team. I, I mean, I may be insane, but why wouldn't the Mariners just push all in with him? Like, well, just literally go, okay, $100 million. Well, by the time he's a free agent, they might have already spent all their money. <laughs> like, they spent a lot in free agency this year. They just traded for Luis Castillo. You know, if they make the playoffs, lose hey, in the first no round. There's salary cap on this thing. Yeah, if they lose in the wild card or lose in the ALCS, they're probably going to spend more money this offseason. And then at the trade deadline again, and then it'll be Otani as a free agent and... I don't know. Maybe the Angels trade him at the trade deadline next year. I was that would be my guess. Hot stove. I think I think he made a oh, trade during trade the deadline. December meetings. Maybe. Trade deadline next year. Okay, if you're the Angels, I get, we talked about this before the deadline. You've got to sit down and have the realistic conversation with yourself. How likely are we to win this next season in 2023? Right. Because if they sit down and they think, granted they've thought this for multiple years, but that if they're they gonna sit win. down and think, we can challenge for the division... And maybe not win it, but we end up in a wild card, right? If they think they can do that, they should keep Otani and try to make the postseason. If they sit down and have an honest conversation with themselves and think we're not going to do that, right? And and if you look at the division next year, the Astros and Mariners should both be better than them. Right. The Rangers will probably be better than them next year, too. If they sit down and have an honest conversation and decide it's going to be really tough for us to make the postseason... They should absolutely trade him in December. They should have probably traded him at this trade deadline, to be completely honest, because you conceivably would have gotten more at the deadline than you will in the offseason. But that's the conversation the Angels have to have with themselves is... Well, especially at next year's deadline, if you're 20 out, oh, you have to move oh, him yeah. because you can't not get something. I mean, at him. that point, you have to move Trout, too. Well, he's locked in for, like, 20 years. Yeah, so. yeah, but Gene Carlos Stanton was, too. Yeah, yeah. But the Angels spend money, not the Mar- not like the Marlins. The Marlins don't spend money, so they didn't want to pay that guy even though they signed the contract, whereas the Angels, they don't have a problem. We talked about it. The Angels have been top 11 in payroll for like oh no, it's not two or three it's decades. Not that yes. Moreno, it's not that Moreno hasn't spent money, and they he just as bad at yeah. it. They're just he's not like very me. good at it. <laughs> he's, 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 you are already Moreno. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like I'm spending the money. I'm just not making it. All right, I need to complain really quick. Uh, Dusty Baker. Oh, this is such a good story. Oh my god. <laughs> no, so... no, we're not doing the Peacock story. Oh, this is me complaining. I love the the peacock Astros story. traded for Trey Mancini at the trade deadline. Eight games they've played since then. Trey Mancini has started four of them. What the hell are they doing? They traded for this guy, and they want, Dusty Baker won't put him in the lineup. In that same time frame, eight games, their backup utility infielder, Mauricio Dubon, has also started four of eight games. Dubon has an OPS of 587, Mancini 761. I don't Dusty know what Dusty's Mancini's doing. on the team. I don't think so. 
I don't believe he knows who Trey Mancini is. He's like, oh, thanks. You got me a bench bat. I mean, who didn't he know on his all-star team? <sighs> All of them? <laughs> Most of them. Yes. So maybe he doesn't Shane know McClanahan. his He's yes. like, I've never seen him yeah, pitch. I've never seen this guy. They trade for a guy at the deadline who's good, and Dusty Baker won't put him in the lineup, and it's and he's playing their backup utility infielder just as much. Well, I mean, you guys have 10 games in the division. Like, yes, it's a massive lead. I know. There's like, maybe he's just like, yeah, you'll get some bats. Right, September. That's why it's Joey Gallo's continuing to play. I'm not convinced that's what he's thinking. I do not believe that's what he's Can thinking. Can we quickly do the Peacock? Story? We'll do it tomorrow. We'll ah. get to Dusty Baker not having Peacock. I'm just surprised he knows what Peacock is. Because coming up next, it's Darren Millard. Maroon is not just a color. This is the VGK Update with Darren Millsy Millard. Yo, where are you, Darren? What are you doing? He's in town. I'm in Brandon, Manitoba. Oh, Canada. He's in the he's in the North American area. <laughs> he's on the continent. I'm in I'm in the homeland. The homeland. Okay. All right. Are you yeah. doing anything fun or you just like spend three months in Canada when the season ends? No, no. I I I was in PEI uh for a month uh, on uh, where we have our cottage and then I was back home to Vegas for a couple of weeks. Didn't call you. And now I'm uh, up to uh, where I'm from to visit my dad and my uh, my brother and uh, hang out for a little bit so for like a couple I, of days. Like and then said, I'm back home. Uh, you're li- you're to, living to not phone you. You're living the He's life, got my a friend. Cottage. All Canadians do. I think you get yes. one when you're born. Yes. Yeah. You learn and healthcare, and you get a cottage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so wait, when are you coming back to Vegas? Uh, uh tomorrow. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So wait, yeah, I, don't 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 stay up for me though because I won't be calling you. Oh, well, Ed, we'll, we'll, we'll welcome tomorrow. We're going to have a oh, welcoming exactly. party at the airport for you. Is Chance going to be at the Ed airport to welcome out, you? Ed and I hang out every 3 days. Yep. Whereas Tyler, I'm like you know the uh when it, when it comes up on the phone and spam risk, that's what it says when Tyler calls me. <laughs> every 3 days. It's a yeah. good relationship. Yeah. Solid friends. Every 3 yeah. days? Solid nice. friends, yeah. Ed teaches me about football, and uh, and I just entertain Ed. I don't, I can't teach Ed. He knows everything. The only point, oh, no, that's the, not your boy. You're really throwing <laughs> it out there today. <laughs> the only people I see every three days are the people I live with and the people I'm paid to be around at work. Hello. Well, you see the person working the drive-through. Oh, that's right. There's different people, and I try to try to just you do the mobile order, and they just hand it to you. You don't really have to see them. Honestly, like uh, you see multiple different people at the drive-through window. Yeah, Don't you go there every day at the same time. Yeah, two or three times a week. But yeah, it's different people often. No, it's an early shift. Wow. Yeah, nobody wants now, it. Now, to be be perfectly honest, you don't even look to see who's giving you stuff to you. Why would I? Like no. you're a snob. No, no, you no. are a total snob. No, no. So that. back like during the height of the pandemic, Chick Fil A did free delivery. They don't anymore. Uh, but I got Chick Fil A delivered all the time. It would tell me the name the of the studio? driver. No, not to, to my home. Uh, tell me the name of the driver. Uh, it was Caleb. Caleb brought me food like three or four times a week during the pandemic. So Caleb was. I, I never saw the guy's face, but I like that guy. So he left you it outside. Out to Caleb, to see how he's doing it all. Uh, I don't. He. I don't think he works for Chick Fil A anymore. Exactly. I mean, he he is Tyler's best man. Could, and then you moved on. Yeah, I did. He just. Drop my food Ed, at the front door. Ed would stay tight with him. Oh, I'd open have, the door. Uh, would have made sure he's doing good. I'd open the door. We'd have masks on. I'd ask about his family. 
There was a Allie's pandemic. You wouldn't have opened the door. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Your wife would have well, come at you with a baseball bat. If she was around, we wouldn't have opened the door. You opened the right. door, you would have sprayed him with Lysol or something exactly. straight into the eyes. <laughs> does, does Caleb uh, have a family? Uh, I I was his family for a year. You you have no idea, right? You not once. No. I never saw his face. In your life. I never saw his face. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect whether you can ask him a question. What do you want me to ask him, like, through the door? I'm yeah, not hey, opening Caleb. the door. What Here, what here's what doing? I figured out about Tyler. Tyler has a unique spelling to his name. It's no, There's no Y. There's a big I. Tyler. Yes. Yeah. There should be. Like that. I should change yeah. that. Why yeah. would I? What, you where, want me to where, care about other people? What? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Ed, Ed is very different. Even Jared like, asked how things are going. Oh, sure. Tyler? Yes. Nothing. You want me yeah. to ask how things... I asked where you were. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going back uh, there? Well, I was only there a couple of days ago, but... Uh, Golden Knight's oh, making uh, what's some... What's the mood? What's, what's the vibe? Golden Knight's making some signings. Yes. Yeah? Uh, very interesting, too. Uh, I, I wasn't sure... Like Nick Wall was one where uh, I could see it being shorter term, and and seeing where his his production went in the last couple of years, uh, very much a bridge or or a, a smaller deal, uh, the five years and eating into his free agency time, that is an extremely economical, team friendly signing. Now it works out. I'm not going to go against the fact that uh, that it's security for for Nick. And it's great, $3 million a year for, for five years. But uh, that is one of the more impressive signings along the uh, the vein of Shea Theodore in the past and Zach Whitecloud a little more recently. Really strong uh, strong work. Because if you follow Nick's career progression here and the, the big steps he's taken the last three years, uh, I think the upside is still undetermined for him offensively. So what team will they trade him to for future considerations uh... in two years? See, that's why you get disconnected because you're a smartass. I mean, in fairness, that's he is why. paid to be a smartass. So, <laughs> the Florida Panthers—is that the answer? That, <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, he, the Florida Panthers are, are big game, uh, big, big, big game hunters right now. Well. We've asked this. They're, they're another team that will be interesting too. I, the, the changes that they've made and the, the additions and uh, like big, big changes. And I don't know whether they've fully addressed with the coach that they have uh, uh, their approach for next season. But uh, they'll they'll be one to to watch. That'll be a fascinating division next year with Toronto still trying to break through and obviously the Tampa Bay Lightning going to three straight final. I asked this of Ben yesterday. I got to ask you this: uh, Is this is the media and the uh town too soft on this team as Max Pacioretty intimated? Yeah, I, I was intrigued by those comments uh, from from Max because uh, like he didn't have and, and I, I really like Max on a personal level. Uh, we get we get along very well and uh, and we spent some time together but it's it's funny that uh, that you come from Montreal and he really enjoyed the the less uh, intense media uh, everybody does compared to to Montreal uh, when when you go through what he did as the captain and and uh, departing that organization uh, I was uh, I was surprised at that and then when when media does push a little bit you get uh, some confrontational uh, responses 
responses from from athletes. So uh, you can't have it one way and then on the way out of town saying another. Uh, uh, so I, I I don't quite agree. Like it, it, it's not intense. Like it, the, the the Vegas media market is very very different than. Uh, a Canadian or original six uh, 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 market uh, in its intensity, certainly from Canada. Uh, I, I admit that. But uh, but I don't think that, that anybody gets a, a total free pass a, a, at all. I mean, I'm just helping the team out anytime I suggest to fire somebody or bench somebody or drop them on a line or trade them. I'm just helping them out. It's, it's not the what you suggest. I think it's more the way you suggest it. <laughs> yeah, my dad always said, "It's not what you're saying; it's how you're saying it." Yep, I've been called into yeah. that meeting. So, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why do you get called into the meeting because he says something? It, literally, the word "producer" is in my <laughs> is in my job description. I'm supposed to rein him in. So you're responsible for what Dimwit says. Yes. I just called you a dimwit. That's okay. You've I, called that's him fine. a maroon before. I'm not, I'm not too worried about your insults. Yeah. All right, here's which would you rather prefer? Where, like which maroon? Would be friendlier, oh, maroon dimwit or maroon? Maroon sounds funner. Uh, it, it just sounds like a, yeah, sounds like a f- more fun insult. So call me maroon. <laughs> funner? Yeah. You, it's a funner as soon as you said funner, you knew you, you were going to get a fake. I did. I did. Yeah, Jared already did. All right, here's here's a legitimate question for you. What are the chances they make another trade of a, you know, player making significant salary to open up a little bit more cap space? I don't know whether it happens before training camp. uh, And I'm not sure which player you're necessarily referring to, or if you're referring to to a player, no one specific. But I uh, I think that there's a couple of, and, and I'll throw it out there now, uh, a month before training camp or more, uh, Zachary Mananen uh, is going to be an intriguing player to watch at training camp uh, coming over from Finland. Uh, one of the most decorated uh, national team players ever for Finland of all time with his Olympic World Championships and his ability to put the puck in the net uh, at, at virtually every level. So how, how does he adapt to the National Hockey League and Brendan Bersan? Uh, how does he uh, progress in his first real year as, as a professional? I think that you've got two players that are, are very affordable on, on contracts, and if they uh, show uh, an ability to really adapt to the National Hockey League, you'd, uh, you'd be uh, doing yourself a disservice to be not look at, uh, at what they could do financially. And create some some room at the cap. So uh, they're, they're they're both listed uh, centers, but I, they, they'll play the wing. Uh, we'll see we'll see what happens there. They have uh, they have too many centers for spots right now. Uh, when you include the the likes of uh, Amadio and Howden uh, lower on the depth chart, uh, so I think uh, I think that uh, that the Mananen and the Versan uh, progress will could. Put uh, put themselves in a position to to possibly uh, make a deal uh, along what you're suggesting. All right, Darren. Thanks for answering the phone. You make it sound like I don't sometimes. Hey, uh, did, did you ever did you ever catch up with Gallant? I, I did. Yeah, uh, I had a uh, golf tournament, and then we had uh, had dinner that night. 
Nice. And uh, we had a great time. He's uh, he's building a finishing a new house. It should actually be done uh, by now. But this was about three weeks ago, and, uh, and he's having a great time with the grandkids. And uh, and we had a we had a fabulous time. I sat with uh, with the likes of uh, Doug McLean and, and Gerard Glant and a, a couple of other NHLers uh, out there, uh, and it was uh, it was kind of fun. Uh, he's uh, he's a good guy, good island boy. Good island. Even boy. though he's older than me, I can call him boy. People wonder why the media is soft. We he's out here eating with the coaches. Right. Come on, Darren, get out of here, you soft media member. He's Darren Millard. Who knows when he'll be back on the radio? Thank you, buddy. See you, buddy. See you. See, so, say goodbye to me. That's fine. You can be buddy. I'll be maroon. Yes. That's right. I'll be buddy. I'd rather be Darren Millard's maroon than his buddy. I'm his buddy. Yeah, I like a... being his buddy. He's a good guy. This Darren Millard. Yeah, he's a really Mills, great he's dude. A good guy. Solid. Solid. <laughs> All right, we got tickets to give away. If you want to go see the Solid. comedian Zane Lamprey, <laughs> you can call in right now. 702-364-1100 is the we phone number. We got tickets to go see Zane Lamprey here in Las Vegas on Friday, August 12th at 7.30. So 702-364-1100 is the phone number. You want a pair of tickets to go see Zane Lamprey tomorrow. Be caller number six at 702-364-1100. Two and one to Gallo. Bring a fly ball to left center field. Well hit on its way, and it is gone. A home run. Joey Gallo with a pinch hit three-run home run. You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition. Getting pinch hit home runs from Joey Gallo. Uh-oh. That guy coming off the bench did a home run in the postseason. Can you imagine that? Against the pods? Probably strike out. Game five? In L.A.? Off Josh Hader, I doubt it. Does he get to do the... I know, I saw Hader the other night. He might. (laughs) No, Hader will walk him. Hader didn't give up a home run. He just walked everybody. So Gallo might get on by walking. I think that's the plan there. He likes long walks, short walks, walks on the beach. He loves to walk. Yeah, he does. Well, now he... That's, again, we talked. That's why. He can walk down the street now. In New York, he couldn't do it. He said he didn't do it. said he's locked up in his apartment because he was afraid to go out and see people. He didn't want to get heckled. Outside of the ballpark. <laughs> and now in L.A., nobody cares. Nobody and, knows who he is. Yeah, and now, so now he's hitting well. Put a hat on, keep walking. Yeah. No one knows who that guy First is. First thing that happened to him was getting traded from the Rangers to the Yankees. He has not lost a game since being on the Dodgers. How about that kid? Well, okay. Let's he's calm, not lost a game. Let's calm down over there. <laughs> Dead straight. Is it is it Joey Gallo that's won the games? No, but I mean, the kid, he jogs in and, and slaps hands every night. He probably thinks, man, this, hands. man this team never loses. I thought I was on a good team with the Yankees. Well, he was. The Yankees never lost either. Well, recently. They well, got, yeah, they got rid of him. They started losing. <laughs> Wasn't any good, oh, man. but he was the key. The revisionist, the revisionist uh, history that New York radio has to be doing right now. <laughs> the team was better <laughs> when Gallo, Gallo was on it. Yeah, weren't they? All right, hold on. I've, I've got to do uh, a quick UNLV football thing with you. So Mike Kamala wrote a story about UNLV's two highest-ranked recruits from the 2021 recruiting class. So not the most recent one, but the one prior to that. Um, Nick Demetrius and Anthony Roses. Neither one of them really played last year. Both of them ultimately ended up getting a red shirt for last season, which means they're still technically freshmen. So far into camp, they're both uh, buried on the depth chart, and Anthony Roses, the offensive lineman, is battling with the third stringers on the offensive line, according to Mike Kermala. If you remember the name Anthony Rosas, we talked about him on this show, 
because he gave this quote when he committed to UNLV. Another big thing for me was early playing time. I think I'll have a chance to step in and compete for playing time as a true freshman. That was important to me and definitely played a part in my decision. My ultimate dream is to play in the NFL, and I think UNLV can help get me there. I'm coming in ready to play right away and hopefully win a starting spot. If I'm good enough to start and go three and out, that would be incredible. Well, I mean, come on. He was a kid back then. Thought, uh, <laughs> back then? Back then, he was a kid. He was confident in himself. I don't want to take a shot at kids. So here's my question on this. He says, back when he committed to UNLV, big thing was playing time. He thought he was going to walk in and compete and win a starting job, which... I mean, shouldn't you? Yes, people think highly yeah, of themselves. You should, you should. My curiosity is what was the recruiting pitch from Marcus Arroyo? How much did oh. Marcus Arroyo pump up? Hey, man, you come to UNLV, you're you're I in mean, that starting lineup. You're would, fighting for a spot with whoever at this position. Wouldn't that be the recruiting pitch for most players? Does that still work if you do that and the highest-ranked recruits don't play? Well. Like, if you have Anthony I mean, Rosas, number two recruit in one of your best recruiting classes, who talks up, oh, yeah, I'm playing. I got, I'm playing uh, right away, immediate playing time. And into his second year, and and not only that, I'm going to the NFL. I'm leaving early to go to the NFL. Three and out. And in his second year, he is only going to see the field if there's multiple injuries. I just think the, how do I say this? The confidence of kids nowadays wouldn't care about Anthony Rosas, and they would Probably. think they would think I'm I'm different than him. I'm going to start. I'm going to be the man. I think they all think that. Which. Again, to a point, they should. I mean, right. you should. You should think you're you're the guy, and you're going to be the you're going to be a starter. Um, he might end up being really good. I guess to this point, though, the recruiting number hasn't hasn't worked out to where he's been on the on the depth chart. No, he's battling for third stringers. Not at all. Right. Yeah. If you're on the third string into your second year, when yeah. you when your initial plan was to leave Start early after and three years. Early. You're yeah. behind time. It's not not going schedule. Not going as well as you thought. And this is so. This to me is the interesting part because UNLV has gotten some production from guys in their recruiting classes, right? It hasn't been complete wasteland. But UNLV, the recruiting rankings, they've ranked pretty highly in the Mountain West the last couple of years yes. under Marcus Arroyo. But we haven't actually seen great production from the high end guys. Because if you go back to Arroyo's first recruiting class, he brought in Brennan Scott and LaShawn Bell were the two best defensive players. Brendan Scott got hurt. He is, uh, Steve Cofield tweeted yesterday, probably going to miss the entire season, but that has not been confirmed by Marcus Arroyo. And then LaShawn Bell is, he's on the depth chart. He's likely to play this year, but he hasn't really been a difference maker. So the first two recruiting classes for UNLV, their best four players haven't really done anything. They haven't really gotten production. And I think if you're UNLV and given that they're at the bottom of college football, right? For them to be good, for them to be a bowl-level team, you've got to be able to pull talent and get production from every possible avenue. So that means Division One transfers, right? That means guys that are coming down from power conferences that are like, I can get playing time there, I need to work out. But that also means Division One transfers from like within the Mountain West or other group of five schools, right? That also means you need to get JUCO guys to come in. I know they've got a handful of they've JUCO got, guys this JUCO year, too. guys this year. You need JUCO guys to produce, and you need high school guys to produce. You need, especially if you're getting highly ranked recruiting classes, you need production from everywhere. And right now, UNLV is not really getting that high school recruit production. And it doesn't mean that, you know, they can't. A, a freshman walks in and is immediately the best offensive lineman, the best linebacker. It doesn't necessarily mean that. 
but you can't really afford if you're UNLV to have your best recruits well, on a yearly basis not give you any production no, as freshmen but, and then not give you any production as sophomores either. But some of their mid to low recruits have, right? Right. They've been better. They've been, but it's, They've been better. But it's like they're getting that playing time and they look better com- because the top end guys haven't been any good at all. Right. It's because, oh, that guy didn't work out. So we've got to play. You know, did our, Mike use the quote in his story? He did not. I actually texted him yesterday saying you should have used this quote about him playing right away and going to the NFL. He did not use it, though, which is okay, I guess. He, he did put in his story, UNLV did not make Anthony Rosas or Nick Demetrius available for, to the media. So he asked to talk to him at practice this week and UNLV said no. Well, to they're going to they know that they know the roadies traveling <laughs> down. They're not they're not silly out there. They know why would you when, want to talk to them? Yeah, when someone requests the third string offensive lineman, that's You like, know what the questions are.